Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let There Be Talk. Uh, let's see, today, Monday, what is it, the 24th, a couple days away from Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. What are you guys going to be doing for Thanksgiving? Um, if you're in L.A. and you don't have anybody to spend your Thanksgiving with, come down to the Laugh Factory. I'll be down there serving food. It's free from 1 o'clock to like 8 o'clock. This is my sixth year doing it, so... Uh, do not, do not spend it alone, man. Bring your friends. Even if you have family here, come down and spend it with, uh, the Laugh Factory. It's awesome. Free food. Uh, then they, we do, you know, comedy sets. And I think it's one of the coolest things that happens in Los Angeles around the uh, holiday time. It can get uh, a little lonely or a little, uh, tough out there. So come down, pick yourself up, have a great time. Don't spend it alone, man. Don't let the holidays get you down because it's uh, that's a bunch of bullshit. You know, too much weight put on these holidays. Like, oh no, it's a holiday. I live alone, and I never, I never let it get me down, man. You know, there's there's shit out there to do. I even love going to the movies on the holidays. It feels fun, man. It feels like uh, it feels uh, you know. I don't even know what I'm looking to say, but, you know, come to the Laugh Factory. (laughs) Uh, Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you're good. And I hope you had a great weekend. I had a fantastic weekend. If you're listening and you just saw me in La Jolla at the Comedy Store with Eric Griffin, welcome new listeners. Fantastic weekend. I was at La Jolla, San Diego down there, Comedy Store. It's always a uh, just an epic, epic weekend when you, as a comedian, get to go to La Jolla because you stay in this condo on the beach, and it's right on the beach. And this weekend, the weather was like a perfect like seventy eight degrees. People are surfing. Meanwhile, Buffalo's under you know fifty inches of snow. I'm out there. Guys are just surfing. Shorts, no wetsuits. You know, had a great time, rode that roller coaster. I think it's going to be the last time I fucking ride it, man. Fucked my neck up. I was, I was on stage. I was having like muscle spasms. I wasn't even saying nothing to anybody, but I was fucked up. That coaster fucked me up. I'm, I'm done. I'm finally done. I think with roller coasters, I love them. I love Magic Mountain. Six Flags out here. I go every year and every year I leave, I go, I feel fucking shitty. So I think my body just can't take it. I ride a motorcycle every day, and then I had roller coasters in the mix. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? That's what my nerves and vertebrae are saying. Coaster life. I don't know what it is, man. I'm like fucking 10 years old when I see those roller coasters. I'm like, I love roller coasters. I love the history of them. I love the old wood ones. I love that Woody Allen uh, film Annie Hall when they live under that roller coaster. I love the early, early boardwalk memories. Santa Cruz boardwalk of riding that giant dipper, uh, the or the big dipper. Yeah, giant big. One's the big dipper. The other one's the giant dipper. Anyway, I'm out of my mind. But 
I just love roller coasters. I always have. You know, I remember when I was young, there was this one called the Wild Mouse at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. It was the scariest fucking coaster I've ever rode. They've got some fake versions of it now, but if you Wikipedia Wild Mouse, Crazy Mouse, uh, there were different names. There was a company in Germany that made them. It basically, it looks like a real simple roller coaster. There's no loops or anything. It's like five stories. But the wheels are all in the back of the car, and you sit in the front. So the design makes you feel like you're going completely off the fucking side, and then it turns real quick. And I don't care who you are, that thing will scare the fucking shit out of you. And they used to have one at the boardwalk. They were idiots. They tore it out to put this dumb log ride in. And log rides all suck unless it's the one at Knott's Berry Farm that takes you through a whole fucking world of uh, loggers and weird animatronics. Animatronics are the coolest shit. They're just so fucking creepy. But they tore it out to put this log ride in where basically you just went up, went around one fucking kind of turn and then went down. Dumb. You lose historic... Wild mouse roller coaster over this dumb log ride. You know they well we gotta we gotta stay up to date. We gotta stay hip. Everybody had a log ride. We gotta get one. No, you don't. You got the wild mouse. Not everybody has that. It was cool too back then. The cars were painted like Evil Knievel's rocket that he shot over Snake River on. I remember that. So not only was it a killer roller coaster, it was Evil Knievel shit on it. Anyway, Google it. Scariest ride I ever rode. I don't even know why I got into roller coasters. I don't even plan these intros. I just, you know, whatever comes to me. And that did. So I'm, I think I'm off coasters. Feeling a little better today. Took some leave. I was fucked. <laughs> Worked with Eric Griffin again. What a fucking saint. Great guy. Funny. Workaholics Montez, if you watch that. Eric Griffin, if you have not seen him and he comes to your city, go. Don't miss it. Guy is killing it. Top of his game. Eric Griffin, thank you for having me. La Jolla, thank you. Love you guys out there. Ryan, Mike Vin, everybody at La Jolla Comedy Store. Uh, today's episode, Joe Bartnick is on. Give you a little rundown of Joe Bartnick. I didn't know much about him. Met him through Bill Burr and uh, hanging at the comedy store and stuff. But about a month ago, Joe, Bill Burr, and myself all went down to Palm Springs to open for Bill. And I realized Bartnick is basically the same dude as me, but he likes sports. But And, you know, he's like a sports freak, hockey and stuff. But we love rock, you know, and we love to party. Like, he loves to party now, but we, we talk San Francisco and rock and roll. We even touch a little bit on some foosball and air hockey. <laughs> but he's a fantastic guy, man. I just love him, and you're going to love it. I listened to this episode today because I did it a month ago, and I wanted to hear it again just to, you know, check it. And I was like, God, I really like this episode, man. We are just... He's he's just so on point in life. We talked Kinnison the first time he saw him, and we have so much in common. It's pretty wild. 
So check out little Joe Bartnick here. Before I get to that, uh, everybody, of course, emailing me on the Phil Rudd stuff this week. That was insane. I mean, who saw that coming? Right? Who sees a 60-something-year-old man getting arrested for meth and, uh, you know, wanting to uh, hire someone to kill his lady or something? I don't even know the whole thing on it. I've been reading on it nonstop. But as you read the stuff in Rolling Stone, Angus did an interview. They're pretty tight-lipped. But he finally talked about his brother being sick and Phil Rudd. And it's interesting that his brother, Malcolm, was sick back on the Black Ice Tour. We just didn't know it. But he was sick back then. So, man. That's wild. And then Phil, this whole Phil Red thing comes out of nowhere, you think. But no, secretly, he'd been kind of out of his mind, I guess, the last year. When they were trying to do the new record, he showed up 10 days late. 10 days late, you know, they're up in Canada. Grown men. You're not thinking like, hey, he's late a day or two. Maybe he doesn't feel good. No, he's 10 days late. And he might be doing some crystal meth. <laughs> Crazy. But then when you think about it, I go, not, not, not really that crazy. That's why that band was so fucking good. And it comes down to my bit over and over and over. You know, Gene Simmons said rock is dead. But it's not. It's just that the danger is gone. You know, with new rock. You wouldn't hear about that with new rock band. Like, oh, the drummer, you know, he's on crystal and tried to kill someone <laughs> or whatever. You know, I mean, that's. ACDC, from the day they started, they've been dangerous to right now their last tour, probably. They've been fucking dangerous. Lead singer died, you know, found dead in a car, drank too much booze. Their, their rhythm guitar player, dementia, three different drummers over the years, drugs, alcohol, uh songs that are completely outlaw so there you go outlaw equals success and and originality and and reality so that's why it doesn't really blow me back it blows me back at first but then you think wow fuck yeah man those guys are still wild so there you go man that's my thought on the phil red thing and I uh, jammed with Mark Marin and the Sklar Brothers and Brendan Small and Steve Aggie and um, who else was there? A few other guys a few days ago at the Baked Potato. We did comedy and then we each did our favorite song. And that's why I picked ACDC. There's no way I was going to pick another band. I did Let There Be Rock and it was fucking fun as shit. Uh, let's see. Episodes brought to you by catatonic stickers, catatonic art. The guys that do my, um, my artwork catatonic, check them out. Catatonic is a multimedia art provider, 2d and 3d graphics, commercial video and animation. They specialize in logos. Uh, they did my stickers. If you've seen the Dell razor sticker, it's blowing up everywhere. People love it. Uh, they came up with that design. We just did a new sticker. I can't wait to show you. That'll be out tomorrow. Uh, they also customize in toys. You give them any kind of uh, drawing or photo, they can make a, a full-blown toy of it. Uh, they, you know, they're amazing, amazing 
artists. You know, I love them. They're influenced by all my favorite artists, Robert Williams, you know, Chris Cooper, Derek Hess, Mark Ryden, and all that kind of stuff. Just a great company. So check them out. You know, uh, tell them I sent you top-notch customer service. I just call them up. I say, hey, let's do a sticker. And then, boom, we're on it. So check them out there. Let's see. Uh, this, I got to find their fucking website. I think it's just catatonic.com. How, how undogether am I? <laughs> you know, right? like, oh, uh, yeah, check them out somewhere. Find them, you know. Let me see. Here it is, catatonic.com. And it's C-A-D-A-T-O-N-I-C.com. Tell them I sent you. Check their website out, man. They had a contest a couple months ago that was great for Dell Razors. Uh, do not miss out on them. They've been helping me with their stickers. And if you need stickers or any kind of artwork for your business or whatever, hit them up. Also brought to you by Earthquaker Devices. We're about a month away from the NAMM show, one of my favorite events in L.A., where they show off all the new guitars and drums and basses and amps and, of course, guitar pedals. So I'm going to be spending the uh, weekend with them out at the NAMM show. Earthquaker Devices, they make handmade boutique guitar pedals. They're fantastic, an excellent company. All their shit is handmade and bulletproof, man. All the top musicians use them. Find them at EarthquakerDevices.com or hit them up on Twitter and tell them I sent you. Get yourself some reverb or fuzz or overdrive. You want to sound like fucking mad scientist rock, hit them up. They've got the pedal for you. I love these guys. Earthquaker Devices. Get yourself a pedal. A digital delay. <laughs> Analog delay. Octave. Compression. All of them. Earthquaker Devices. Love you guys. Thank you, man. Oh, I guess that's about it. I got to go fucking do some shows. I'm tired as fuck. I'm beat up. You ever just be beat up? That's how I am right now. My voice is shot. I'm fucking overworked. He just did some podcasting with Red Band, which will be next week. Also, I'll see you in Indianapolis Four, five, and six of December with Russell Peters, downtown Crackers. Come see us, uh, Indianapolis. And a big, big shout out to Matthew. I'm going to fuck his name up. Pascarella. Matthew Pascarella donated to Let There Be Talk. Fuck yeah, dude. You rock. This episode is, uh, I'm going to dedicate it to you, Matthew. And also... Check out the band, Orchid. They sent me some nice records and CDs. And they're my friends from San Fran, Theo and Mark Baker. Get this record, man. They're, uh, get all their records, but I'm rocking the Capricorn one right now. Orchid Capricorn. And that's the music that's playing right now on this podcast. See you guys next week. Keep those reviews on iTunes. Keep rocking. I love absolutely all of you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Light the candles of rock. Hey, here we are. Another episode of Let There Be Talk. Got a great guest today. Rock and roller Joe Bartnick. What's hey, hey, thank you. I don't know. Compared to you, I'm a, I'm a bubble gummer. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing, dude. <laughs> and if you, if you, the listeners, I mean, Dean's house has 
everything I love. Just thick books about ACDC and Led Zeppelin. I mean, it's my heaven. Yeah, right? <laughs> I can sit here all day. I, the best. I absolutely love all my items. You know what I mean? Like books of, with bands. I'm a, I'm a rock photography junkie. You, like, I can look at this photo here at Jimmy Page for about an hour and just go, how epic is that? Oh, I know. It is epic. It really is just like the coolest place to look at. I mean, just every... As soon as I walked in, my eyes averted to this book. It's about the size of the Bible, and it's ACDC. And then you open it up, and every picture is just amazing Angus, amazing Bon Scots. But then they have the shows where, like, it's like Monsters of Rock, like, ACDC headlining like Van Halen, Metallica, Dio, yeah. Ozzy. It's just like yeah. I'm. I mean, it's like I mean, I'm 45 and I'm I'm jerking off on it. So imagine yeah. when I'm 13. I could have went. Could you imagine if you had these books too back then? Like when I was a kid, there was no books on you, these bands. They were new or whatever. You know, there was one book yeah. and it was Hammer of the Gods, and I treated it like the Koran. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It was like it kept it pristine. I read like almost with gloves on and kept yeah. like it propped it up like you know like they prop up Bibles and stuff. Like well, I, I noticed how you handled my books was how I handle them because you'll get some people that just duh, 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 just fucking thumb through them and bend the pages. Oh my god! Yeah, hey motherfucker, that book's two hundred bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god! Oh, I have a I have a conniption. Yeah. Well, like I it's like I don't I, the books I own I just have I keep them really nice. Me too. But because when I lived in San Francisco, I used to have tons and tons of books, me and my wife combined. And then it was like, oh, they wanted like three grand on top of to move to L.A. And I was like, uh, no, they're going to the back of my pickup truck and they're all going to Green Apple. <laughs> <laughs> so the now, Green Apple, and, you sold them? Well, no, they didn't want them. So I just left them for all the homeless people. Cause oh. like, I'm not putting them back on my truck. I already have a bad back. Yeah, yeah. I just put them all out front. Like, no, you can have them all. <laughs> so I just have like, you know, I just did the Seinfeld approach. Like, I already read them. So now, like, I'm going to give you that Jimmy Page book. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, once I've re read them, it's like, I like to keep them. Like, really was really special. And the Page one's special. But you're a special friend friend yeah so i'd like you to have it that's you know, great it, it's a it's a cool book well there's there's different books to me there's uh these photo books are completely different than just a regular book i'll read a book and then yeah i'll pass it on to somebody right like, this is great you got to read the slash book or whatever you know yeah you tell me to read the slash book i've had it for a while so now i'm diving into it you know yeah uh bill actually gave it to me yeah uh, yeah bill burr gave it to me i read it in like three days and then I gave it to a, a dear departed friend. He was in the hospital. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little contest while we're doing this podcast for any listeners. Uh, by the end of the podcast, count how many times we say Bill Burr. No. <laughs> well, I don't like to try to be a name dropper, though. I'm not gonna try to do it. No, I, no, he, no. he just happened to give me the slash book. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I love Bill Burr, and I always talk about him. Yeah. Oh, okay. You, you know what I mean? It's just a funny joke. Okay. Yeah. It's no. not a name dropping. All right. right? I don't know. Right. Is it? I don't know. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, because, you know, you're, you're a great dude, but sometimes, you know, you go on people's podcasts and they want you to not they, not tell the dirt, but just like they want to get at them through you. Oh, yeah. You I, know, I'm not saying you're that way, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've been on many a show like that or a podcast. I, like well, well, I don't believe in slinging dirt. 
You know no. what I mean? Uh, if you're going to sling... You sling uh, motorcycles. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, you know, there was an interesting thing about Bon Jovi. Like, I'm not a huge Bon Jovi fan. But uh, the thing I loved about Bon Jovi was when the uh, bass player, I believe, was out. When they kicked him out. Uh, they wanted to know why, people, you know? And they said, uh, it's between us. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was amazing because they, they said they treated the band like the old mafia Oh, what's that called? Like an Omar, uh, Omarta uh, oh, or something? Um, yeah, Omarta, um, um, the the Pledge of Silence. Right. Yeah. So that they said they treated their band that way, and I always thought that was fucking classy and cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think you. I think that's the only way to act. You act like men. That's it. You know, act like a man. You know, like just be be treated the way you want to be treated. Speaking of Bon Jovi, I just bowled next to Richie Sambora. You did? Oh yeah, you went to the bowling thing. Let's talk a little bit. Yeah, about the, the 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 uh the, the DO Cancer Fund. Yeah, the TJ Martell Foundation. And ladies and gentlemen, I know I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I've never bowled in my life. I used to drive my grandmother the bowling, but I just never bowled. So here I got a bad back. I'm wearing like a hernia brace. Yeah. And you got some hernias, right? I got three hernias, God. yeah. Yeah. It That's hurts what- me just to think about it. You know, after having back surgery and everything, it's kind of just a, a discomfort. It's not so much pain, pain, right? You know, I mean, you know what? You know, there's pain, and then yeah, there's, there's like, pain. then there's like, yeah, I can live with this. Can you fuck with those hernias? Not according to my wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just threw you that one out, right? <laughs> yeah, here's one. Hit it out. <laughs> yeah, it did. It's like it's like the called pitch, like Jeter got got one thrown groove to me. So you go down to bowl for the. Uh, uh, T.J. Martell here's Foundation. The, yeah, here's the funny thing was I've never bowled, and you know, there's like, and I've I'm so not famous compared to everyone that's there. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk about who was there. It was like, uh, like you know, Rudy Sarzo, my friend was there. Yeah, Rudy Sarzo was great. And, Said it was uh, awesome. And um, like I bowled with the Bullet Boys. Yeah, and a lot of guys from like 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 Great White were there, and just I mean, like Richie Sambor was there. I mean, there's just that guy's just, great. Yeah, there was just and I so he started talking to me because his his really hot chickies was started to talk to me because we were like in the we shared the same ball lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she said something because I started coming back. But anyway, so I was second of everyone. They are they're announcing, um, you know, they're announcing like yeah, hey, next up Joe Bartnick. So my buddy, great friend, great comedian Craig Gas was first of everybody. Yeah, and I was second. Gas bowled a strike. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like bam yeah. i was like oh yeah. man i like please dear lord just don't throw a gutter ball yeah like just don't embarrass me like, yep. please and i threw it down i did it reverse handed and the guys like, i never saw one bowl like that and i uh i, I bowled like i got eight out of the first 10 and then somehow it came along where then an obama impersonator came dead on obama impersonator and he was on our team but basically i don't know where our team finished but i came in third and only lost to obama by two pins and i got a trophy wow and it's my first trophy i've gotten in like 35 years and the first time you ever bowled yes i hey i don't want to brag but i can fucking bowl you look like you could bowl oh i love it the comedy <laughs> store has a team really yeah and uh we go up against like uh sometimes i bowl on the all things comedy team too but we go up against improv the all things comedy nerd melt 
uh, UCB. There's all these teams, and we bowl over at the uh, uh, Roosevelt Hotel. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. The thing is baller. It's like uh, you ever see uh, There Will Be Blood? The guy has his own bowling alley. <laughs> it looks just like the one from There Will Be Blood. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to start taking my family over there because like, I actually could do it without getting injured. And my wife likes to bowl. My daughter likes to bowl. And they have two pristine air hockey tables. Oh, And that's kind of my, my, my indoor drinking sport. I love air hockey. I love air hockey and foosball. Yeah, I'm not good at foosball. I, I get hazed in foosball. I had a roommate that was... Just you know, Pele. I was pe- <laughs> I was Pele too for a while, man. There was something weird. Like I was I was horrible at school in like uh, mechanical drawing or any kind of mathematical stuff. I can do great math, but not like uh, other shit. But I could see the angles. You know, and once you learn the angles of the table of, of foosball, you could hit it off walls and no one can fucking block them. That's what, what that whole thing's about. Angles like like air hockey. Yeah. OK. Well, air that's interesting. I angles. never. Yeah. I don't know. I just could not. I was like, I don't know. I just could not get it straight. <laughs> no. Foosball was not my game. Like, yeah. you know, just by by a long shot. But I love air hockey and uh, darts for some reason. I'm pretty good at Pool was ne- I was never good at pool, but darts for some reason I'm pretty good. I at. wanted to be good at pool, you know. Like you see the hustler, and then you have this fucking fantasy when you're in your mind. Like, yeah, I'm gonna tour around the country and just hustle guys for cash, shoot nine ball. And I even got a nine ball tattoo on my, <laughs> on my arm here. For a while, I thought that's gonna be me. I'm gonna drink booze. I'll be like the Bukowski, Tom Waits of fucking the pool halls. You there know? you, there you go. Yeah, but, like, you know, Young Paul Newman. That's it. But those dudes can fucking play. You ever see those guys shoot pool on uh, like uh, ESPN? You're like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? No, people that are really good at pool are just amazing. It's yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I the, the Hustler is one of the greatest movies of all time. It's incredible when he goes and washes his face and then comes love, back. That's it's my favorite. Yeah, uh, that's your favorite movie. Uh, well, that's it's my favorite of scene of the film. Oh yeah, well yeah, he I love- walks away. Plus Jackie Gleason. Is an absolute god to me. I love him. You know the honeymooners, and then uh, the great one, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh yeah, supposedly he taught Frank Sinatra how to drink Jack Daniels. Wow, you think that's real? That's probably real. Yeah, there's no other. Why? Why would it be fake? Yeah. Well, he said supposedly. Yeah. I was like, that well, well, I said supposedly because I, I, I don't want to say yes. And then, you know, the, yeah. the, yeah, right. the Dell Razors come back at me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Dell Razors are cool. They're not evil. No, That's I'm not the saying thing. they're evil. They, 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 no, they, I know they people could, are. They, they could be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you they know? Go like, actually, fact is, uh, you know, one time in Palm Springs, <laughs> it was actually Merv Griffin that taught him how. You know, they'll come back right. and well, fact. Well, it's cool, though, because, like, you know, I do the hockey podcast, Puck Off. So, you know, for an hour, you're rambling, and you try to be right 99% of the time. But the one split second that you say something wrong, you get 10 tweets. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right, right? Yeah. So, Did you, you know, ever play hockey? Well, very well. I played street hockey my whole life. Yeah, uh, ice hockey not really until I came to California and started playing with the comics. Yeah, I want to play in that. I played hockey growing up. Uh, I played at the Charles Schultz Arena, which was owned by Charles Schultz, and uh, in Santa Rosa. That's it. You've been there. Did you do a gig there? I've done Santa Rosa many a time right. on all levels. I've done bar gigs in there, and I and I played you know uh, the 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 huge arena, not arena, whatever. The, oh yeah, the one out there with uh, the, Lisa Lampanelli and yeah. stuff. Yeah, 
I uh, played hockey there growing up, and Ch- Charles Schultz would sometimes ref the games. Really? Yeah, it was incredible. And then, the, do you ever go in there? It's got all old Snoopy shit. And then in the back is where he drew Snoopy. And like there's like a guest area there. Wow. It's really I got to check that out. Really I, had no, cool, I, I had no idea. It's really cool. It's called Redwood Empire Ice Academy, I believe is the name of it. And uh, it's a beautiful place, man. It's old school. Ice rinks are so weird in California. They're not weird where there's snow. But when you go into one, like you're like, all right, we're at the ice rink. Yeah, well, the Pickwick is definitely a weird place. Yeah, my buddy got uh, what's that thing uh, where you get like a uh, he got like gout or something. Oh, locker room there. Yeah, no. Well, gout is actually uh, like a medieval drinking disease. (laughs) Yeah, whatever he got, he got something. Yeah, you got like the like the green toe. Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I got my own skates for that. No, but gout is like. Because my wife sometimes will be like, you have gout. And to me, that's like, it's. It, I mean, it's a complete insult for how much I drink if my foot hurts. Yeah. Because the only two people I knew that had gout were like, they made me look like, you know, a teetotaler. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know? Still, you still drink like crazy, right? Yeah, but not like enough to get gout. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Have you ever thought about stopping? Uh, what would I do? I don't know. Uh, I'm it, just wondering. Yeah, no. I Well, you know, no, but I don't consider it like, you know, I have beers at home, but I don't wake up in the morning and, like, shake if I don't have, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels. Right. I like to socially drink. I just like drinking with my buddies and having a good time. Yeah, and, yeah. And not, not that I wouldn't have a good time, like, hanging out, you know, with you or, or, or Bill Burr, grab yeah. a drink if it's a drinking <laughs> game. <laughs> It's just funner, you know. Yeah, I, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, Bill went a year without Bill Burr went a year without drinking. I know, and you know why? Because of our Rose Bowls, uh, he got so destroyed that he missed the whole game pretty much. <laughs> Not to say say dirt. I'm, he's talked about it. You no, know, no, many, yes, many, yeah, many, many a time. So yeah, so he, I'm like, yeah, did you have a nice nap? <laughs> like the, in like the third quarter. Now I've been. I think me and Bill have been to seven Rose Bowls. Yeah, and I don't. Re- I remember like three plays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in seven. I, I in, think in, if in I seven went, years, I wouldn't even care about the game. It just. Be, I'm actually thinking about just drinking once with the three of you guys. <laughs> you know right like, fuck it let's just see what this is like yeah well i mean every year the game is the biggest downer like yeah. oh we got to go inside now <laughs> yeah like so so uh it's every new year's day i was just talking to Thimulus about it because we were at uh king king diamond oh yeah how was that show oh halloween with king diamond it is unbelievable <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't get nothing more than Halloween than, like, say, Slayer or King Diamond or maybe, like, Metallica, maybe. But they're not really evil. Well, I'll tell you what was pretty evil that was awesome. I took my kid trick-or-treating, and then I came home, and, you know, we had some candy, and then she went to bed, and I smoked a doobie. And then, <laughs> and then on VH1 Classic was Black Sabbath live somewhere oh, there you go. for like three hours. I just sat back and and it was new. It was new Sabbath, which I saw them last year. They were awesome, right? And they just were crushing it. And it wow. was, sounded great. Like it was 
awesome. Wow. And, and it was funny because my wife was like half asleep, and she goes, oh, this is pretty cool with Black Sabbath. I'm like, yeah. And then they, they went right into Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. I'm like, that song's still scary. It is. It's like the scariest song there is. Yeah. We, were ta- <laughs> we were talking about that on the car ride down to Palm Springs when we opened for Bill Burr. Uh, <laughs> um, but, man... Can you imagine in like 68, 69, you put a band together and you write, like, say your first song is that, what, like, no one sounded like that. So, no. I mean, that is straight Charles Manson to me when I hear that. Yeah. I mean, it's like literally like, like if it's like Casey Kasem, and I'm not going to do an imitation, but it's like, yeah, now the monkeys. And now we're coming back with a band of Black Sabbath. What? And it's like, yeah. ah! Yeah. You know, and then the, the, the rain. Yeah, and the bell. <laughs> yeah. It's just the Exorcist soundtrack, you know? It's like, down, down, down. It's three notes, you know? Yeah. And you're going, fuck, man. And it really look crazy. It really is scary, though. It really is. <laughs> it's not like, you know, well, you know, I'm sure you li- you watch, like, the evolution of metal. Yeah. And that's what the guy said that you know they took the blues and instead of speeding it up like bands like Zeppelin and 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 Deep Purple and Sabbath they slowed it down. Yeah, they and did made, and made it heavier. You know, it that, was, I really love early Soundgarden too because they were Sabbath all the way. If you listen, to, right? Yeah, listen to the first couple records. Not once they get up and running, but you know, like uh, Louder Than Love record and the one before it. They're just like. Yeah, you know that song "Gun." Yeah, yeah, I do. So Sabbath. Well, they were so metal before, like the whole flannel shirt thing. Yeah, got into got in the view. I we me and my wife just saw Soundgarden about a year and a half ago in L.A. And I was destroyed. I had pneumonia, but I wasn't going to miss Soundgarden. No way. Yeah, so I was drinking. uh, codeine laced cough syrup <laughs> in the upper deck of the of the uh, of the wheel turn yeah. just destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like awesome. Yeah, because you know, it's like I. That's one of those bands, you know. Like I mean, I've seen them outside too, but a lot of metal, at least, I don't like it outside. I like seeing them inside. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, like I, an inside. Yeah, show. like King Diamond. I I had seen him uh, on YouTube. Uh, outdoors all summer and the sun's out you're going you can't see king in the sun yeah that's like you know the vampires being out in the sun it's just <laughs> wrong you 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 can see the black hair dye a little bit so <laughs> i need it indoors lasers preferably old school green lasers <laughs> you know, some smoke and then just volume yeah right? well I, you know it's funny because I, I i still have friends that work for bill graham Whatever it's called, live, uh, yeah, not yeah, even live, live nation, nation. Clear yeah. Channel. Because, yeah. And uh, they were at King Diamond a couple nights ago in San Francisco, and they're like on Facebook, like, it is so fucking loud. Oh, it was. <laughs> you know, it was awesome about it was I had seen Merciful Fate in 84 on the Don't Break the Oath tour. And talk about scary. I was, I was uh, in high school. I was still, I was a little scared back then because it was a different style of fan in there. It was the first time I really saw, besides Slayer, where you see these people like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they drink pig's blood for sure. You're thinking in your mind, you know, I'm like, I just like metal. I'm not into, you know. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not into Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Satan's a funny thing because it's still scary if you just grew up in middle America, right? Like Satan. 
Yeah, it, I I kind of like I kind of like the idea. I like the idea of Satan. I like the idea that there's like you know whatever like bad Superman versus yeah. like Jesus. Like if there's a Jesus, I like the fact that like Satan's like taking him on. Yeah, you know, in like a WWF ring, well, like I in the up, cage. I, I grew up in San Fran. You live there and stuff like that's where the Satanic Church was. Remember? Oh, is that is out oh, in the avenues? Oh, sure. oh, I, I, yeah. Everything's out. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, fuck, I forgot. He had the black church or whatever. They had every. They, I mean, they had everything. They had the church of John Coltrane. Just nah. talked about that today. You remember the church of John? I lived right, not right next to it, like three blocks away from it. And of course, it got you know gentrified out. Yeah. But it used to be any jazz musician would show up all day Sunday, and it was a place that they just played uh, John Coltrane music, and then people would bring food and they would feed the poor. Oh wow! It was it was the it was one of those things that could only happen in San Francisco. So where did you grow up? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And how? What's your first experience with rock music? How do you get into ACDC? Or who's your first band? Well, I went to Catholic school, so ACDC saved my soul. How did was that the first <laughs> band that you turned on? To, you got turned on to uh, the first the first like couple songs when we used to play like uh we call it a boomer ball it was like a variation of stick ball or just hang out at the pizza shop was uh jimmy hendrix essential jimmy hendrix like the purple yeah great the, record like, like the double live yeah the, the double that one and then someone when you created your own tape someone had like the who my generation like, and that was like that and then i remember like fourth grade basketball practice somebody played uh the highway to hell wow and that was pretty much it yeah, right? <laughs> then it was like highway to hell and then i guess it was that had been out because then oh my and then it was like a couple zeppelin and then there was like and then there was that tragedy hit you know where like bon, zeppelin was done yeah and then um and then uh you know bond was done and it's like then all of a sudden like back in black came out right and then that was really What it. grade were you in? Uh, I think I was in fifth grade when Back in Black came out. Well, you're 45. I'm 48. So I can't really. Re- I think I was like ninth, eighth grade summer or something. You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, it's about I think about fifth grade. It was about fifth grade. Yeah, eight, 1980. It comes out. Yeah. 80. Oh, like, well, I was like, that'd make me 11. Yeah. Is that fifth grade? Yeah, yeah. that is. Oh, yeah. Because I'm ninth my daughter, grade, yeah. 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 So that's it. Yeah. So that was it. I mean. Back in Black was I wore the album out twice, and then you remember, then they got so popular, then they released Dirty Deeds. Yeah, and there's no one in you know fifth grade Catholic school that didn't think you know Dirty Deeds and Big Balls was not the greatest yeah, thing right. in the world. And then yeah, then it all kind of whirled in, you know. Then you had then you got back in the then you then you looked in the Sabbath, and then that's right when like Maiden and the Priest came through right and then it's that that's it that that so i was just like that's you know I, I mean that's why maiden is right up there what's your first concert my, my first concert was uh was ozzy motley crew and you, you wasted wow what ozzy tour uh the ozzy with uh the, o- the, the ozzy with uh yeah, yeah, it was definitely post Randy Rhodes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had Jakey e. Lee next. Oh no, 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 no. It was Zach. Wy- no, it was Jakey e. Lee. I'm sorry. Okay, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was Jake- Mark in the Moon. It, yeah. yeah, it was that. But it was, uh, it was Ozzy. I mean, it was a uh, the crew. 
And it was kind of like not not you know Ozzy's uh, God, but it was like I mean, we were more stoked to see the crew. Well, that was and the, the crew tour. just destroyed. That was the tour. The crew said they toured with him, and Ozzy snorted the ants yes. at the hotel. Yes, he's, he he was at the pool, and he's like, "I'm gonna snort those ants." <laughs> How dope is that? Yeah, you know, like just it, up in each other. If you could just be on drugs, cruising around in a uh, tour bus with people that are helping you. You know, it's not, there's got to be something, nothing better. You know, you're I know. Motley Crue Ozzy. It's almost like when I was like, you know, maybe eight years ago doing comedy, it was almost like that, but somebody had to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't nearly making that kind of money right. or banging nearly that quality of women. But you went on like a drug field tour? Well, just, you know, I mean, like every, yeah, every tour was. Like <laughs> <laughs> every show was, you know, yeah, just, you know, that's, I mean, that's the fun of it. Is, I mean, I, like, I love doing comedy for the sake of writing something and seeing people laugh and make it interesting and make it whatever. But the other half is totally like hanging out and partying and living the life, you know? I mean, yeah. I think I, I think I burned all that up playing rock. So by the time I got to comedy now, I'm just like, you know, if I feel if, if I parted a little bit, I just wouldn't go out. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I'm tired because I'm already tired. You know, when you go on like seven nights a week yeah. and you just don't get any breaks or you can't take a break because you're on this machine and it's up rolling. You don't just say, yeah, oh, I'm going to take a month off. No, no. I mean, when I first, I mean, you've been in it for a, 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 a long time now, too. But when I first, like, I had my first 10 years, man, I did. I've only been in five years. Five, yeah. My first 10 years, like, if I took a, if I took a day off, I was, like, shaking. Like, I had to be on stage, the, yeah, like, right? the, like, the next day. But yeah, you have to do that. You know, you just, you, that's the way it goes. I that mean, is the and you love it. Cause that's, that's when you really, really, now it's like I can take a couple of days off just to, like, Okay, I'm sick of all of my material. (laughs) Like, oh, Lord have mercy, let me find a shit gig. I'm sick of the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to play the hits and the hits, and it's just like, oh, my God, can I say anything else? That's hilarious. Now, uh, what age did you start comedy? I think I was, um, well, I was uh, 27. Which I was happy I started then because I think I would have burned way too many bridges younger. Yeah. I think I learned a lot of life's lessons on how to treat people and uh, just, you know, I don't know. Because comedy is a pretty small world. So if you burn a few bridges or piss a few of the right people off, it would be a tough life. You're totally right there, man. Like, that's another reason I don't party because, (laughs) you know, you could just. You know, you you, you just rah, 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 one of those in someone's face, and it's like you're done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's see. I mean, it, it's yes, yes. You're you're right. You know, and it, and you do that like three or four times, you really are done. Like one big guy might not be it, but three or four big guys that will be it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you just you know when you're. When you're uh, young at something, not in age, but in a business, you, and you're drinking, you might think you know it all. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No, exactly. I mean, well, one thing, I definitely think drinking is, it hasn't held me back in the, uh, in the like, oh, this guy's a drunk. We're not going to work with him. But I think it has held me back a little bit, just not being so business-oriented as maybe I should have been, but... I didn't get in this business because I had an MBA at Harvard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? I, but, I understand it. I understand. Yeah, because yeah. I I want to enjoy the ride. 
I, I've met a lot of people uh, through my years of playing music, and, and I always thought I definitely wanted to be the complete maniac, but it seemed like the other guys were maniacs too, and if we were all maniacs, the, nothing was going to get done. <laughs> So I'd always like, fuck, I got to drive the van or fuck, I got to book the gigs or fuck, I got to get the recording studio. Right. And I always wanted to be the guy because I could get fucking loose, but I wanted to take it to an, either another level. Right. You well, know, where people were taking care of me. <laughs> right. No, that's what's fun. I mean, the little bits here and there that I can kind of be taken care of. That's great because I've kind of always my whole life been a bigger guy and been less... uh I like you know I I got to say I was allowed to stay out later than most kids and just kind of had less like so I could drive you home if you were drunk yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean like I I was I'm kind of like a I've done a lot of like fathering in my life as right. far you know kind of being even though I could drink I'll drink everybody I still was the one that had to drive or whatever <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean yeah, like I kind of no, had to right. be or or like you know or, or break up the fight or whatever the case may be so it's kind of nice to have people but I don't take advantage of that but it's nice to have. You know, things, people looking out for you. It is. Certainly it, in this business. Well, if you want to, I believe if you want to be like a, uh, you know, there's all these, these fantasies in your mind of like, I could be like a Bukowski and just travel around America doing comedy out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what would that be like? Or, or Hunter S. Thompson, you know, these are the guys. But the, when you start looking at it, it's all pre-heavy DUI fines. It's all pre-prison for drug charges. Right. You know what I mean? Back then, it, it was just kind of... I remember a couple times being pulled over, drunk out of my mind with beer, underage. And the cops would be like, their punishment was open them up and pour them out on the road in front of people driving by. Right. And you were like, this sucks. No, like I've been let, I've been let off the hook legitimately five times for the, you know the, the zz top uh, driving while blind yeah, you know what i mean like yeah. like five times legitimately like thought i was done and the just city cops like three in pittsburgh and two in san fran were just like get the fuck out of here yeah city and, cops and, rule and, and now i just you know what i live in la like hell they got the lake they got jerry bus if he doesn't own the city yeah <laughs> like, yeah right. it's, it's like my first week here jerry bus is handcuffed on the side of the road. i'm like I'm done. Yeah. Now I have like one crown on stage. Like I was, I did two shows at the Haha ha last night. I was there like six hours. I had three drinks. Yeah. You know, it's and like, you don't even live far from no. there. But, you <laughs> but know, it's like, no, what's, it's yeah, just, rolling it, the dice. It's not, I don't got, ten, I just put five grand into my dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got 10 grand to get, you yeah. know, it's just in all the, I hate paperwork. Me yeah. too. Here's, here's the thing. If you could drunk drive and then they say, Okay, we busted you. It's ten grand. Just ten grand. The guys will go here and move on. But it's ten grand. Then it's three months in this uh, right. alcohol abuse program, and then it's pick up trash on the side of the road and probation for three years. And you got to check in every, you know. Right. They got you, man. Well, I wish it was like you could go be tested. I wish I could go to some center and they could be like, "Yeah, this guy can drink a bottle of Crown yeah, yeah, and still drive home." <laughs> yeah, that's that should be a that's a great great idea right yeah it's like different people on your id it says oh this guy's allowed to point uh blow a point two oh right 
How about, that's great, right? And then once a year, you'd have to test because maybe you quit and your tolerance went down. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you upped your game. Yeah. They go, <laughs> hey, you're up to a two five this year. Congrats. Yeah. You know? it, it could be like it could be like, ah, oh, this guy's got his blue card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the cops pull over and they get on the thing. It's just two bottles of Crown Royal like, yeah. on your ID. Oh, you're you're two bottles. How many tonight? Yeah, just one. Okay, carry on. Yeah, that's- people do. Do uh, drive at different levels. No, they really do. You know, and I mean, this is one of my jokes. I, I don't do it. But, you know, the other thing, I mean, that people are, worst thing is people texting. Oh, so God. It's the worst thing out there. I won't do my bit. But you know what I mean? Like, that's what's scary. Yeah. And when you see people just, we, this chick's just like going, eh, Yeah, man. Soccer mom's in a big SUV. Just texting and not looking down, you know, not looking up. Yeah. It's in cr- the biggest automobile made <laughs> in Detroit doing like 75 on the 101. Oh, yeah. Well, I got hit. We got hit. Me and my kid got hit in Glendale. Just two cars back. She hit the guy and then the guy hit me. We were at an intersection. Yeah. And we got hit. And it's like. And then she was still on the phone. Like she didn't even get off the phone. And we're like, hey. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I was like, you this and that. And I'm yelling at her. I'm like, you know, I just ruined my day. Yeah. And then it's great because she wanted to like bitch at me for being mean there. And this cop pulls up, motion cop pulls up. And, yeah. and, she, and he goes, where do I know you? I was like, what? He goes, no, it's good. He goes, where are you, comic? And I go, yeah. He goes, hey, okay, where's your car? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, is that what he took care of me first? It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it had this benefits. I got pulled over uh, right by the laugh factory. I ran a uh, red light. I always on your bike or in a car. A bike. Well, I just there's that turn left to the factory off Sunset, and the light never changes for a bike. It's like not heavy enough or something. Yeah. So after a while, I always have to just go. So this time I went and uh, cop pulls me over, and he said, "I said, man, I I'm there every night. I uh, it, it doesn't change for the bike." He goes, "He goes, I get it." But you just stopped for one second. <laughs> he goes, if you were there a while, I'd say it didn't change. I go, well, I'm a comic. I don't want to miss my spot. And then I had, I took my helmet off. He goes, oh, I saw you at the ice house. He goes, all right. He cruises back. He goes, here, man, get out of here. I was like, oh, God. Right on. Lucky, right? Yeah, the other cool. I mean, we get a million perks. Yeah. We get a million perks. But the, actually, like, really the coolest perk ever when I, when I was just, you know, starting out getting little perks. Was um, I was getting ACDC tickets at the old warehouse on Geary. Yeah, right. So that- I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go. You know, it's it's the Bay Area, and I'm like, I'm gonna go, and um, I'll get up there like quarter to ten. You know, it's open to ten. I I walk up there, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! There was like five thousand people in line. I'm like, it was like it was like um, not uh, I can't think of a good boy band name, but like you know, boys to men or something was also on sale that day, oh. and I was just like. Uh, and I was just in that like I only slept three hours kind of like haze and I'm just kind of thinking am I going to wait in this line <laughs> or am I going to go back and try to call or what I knew they weren't ACDC people yeah you know I'm like what should I do and this guy comes up right behind me like the manager of the store and he goes hey you're a comic I saw you open for Dave Chappelle last night and I go yeah he goes hey fuck these people I'll get <laughs> And he let me in, like, yeah. right, like at 5 to 10, oh. got my ACDC tickets, and then like, he opened the doors for everybody Fuck else. Yeah, and what was, tour? Um, it was um, the, um, uh, well, it would have been, um, 
I'm really bad with years. It yeah. was the um, it was not the last tour. It was the tour before, not the Black Eyes, but the one before. Yeah, yeah. the one before, uh, Rock oh. and Roll Train. Oh yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. It had the blow up stuff and shit. That one, like the big blow up. Well, they thing. probably haven't toured since there was this tour. It was the one right. before the the Black Ice one. Right. So. Yeah. What uh, what year do you move to San Francisco? Um, I moved there in ninety. Three. 93 wow yeah 93 93 94 you ever go to concerts at the cow palace uh no i never did now uh i i, I don't remember what year it was but i just found my hat and pin from it the inaugural year of the sharks they play a full year at the cow palace yes i i, I was there the year after that i i saw the spiders play used to have a spiders oh, that's jersey. right used to have a spiders jersey yeah 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 I I, I, the spiders yeah we got there i got there the summer of i got there like the the end of 93 94 it was 93 or 94 i just remember been... sharks Playing at Cow Palace, it was it felt so small, you know. Oh yeah, it was small for the spiders. Yeah, yeah, and and it just like how incredible it was to see pro hockey two feet away. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? no, a hundred percent. Gretzky and dudes like that, you know, that you're like, whoa, you know, NHL stars, like yeah. two feet away. No, I know. Well, when I think it was might have been the, when they were down in the Shark Tank, my cousin CJ still lived in uh palo alto so me and my roommate at the time he was from pittsburgh well, he's a great guy bob bonus um <laughs> we're like if we got, we got tickets for my birthday right it was a friday night in the shark tank now i wear a ron francis jersey he had he had he had two goals three assists or he had a hat trick i'm sorry he had th- three goals two assists yager yager lemieux and francis all had five points and that was back in the day when the when the penguins came to town like the ninety percent, eighty percent of the arena was Penguin fans. Right, like I threw my hat on the ice, and then I'm wearing Captain. Ron, I'm wearing Francis jersey around Sa- San Jose. Just got plastered. I was hungover for three days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I missed my own birthday party. <laughs> People are like, oh, we're all at the bar. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, like I was because I was Friday Saturday night. I was just blot. Like I don't. It was funny because I told my cousin or I told Bob. I go, we might see my cousin CJ here. I, I haven't talked to him in like a month or two, but you know he might he's, he travels around, and then literally go in the men's room. First second, he's sitting there holding his dick, like taking a picture, like, hey! <laughs> and then we walk out, and it was like Lemieux had missed the night before, like the game before, so it was up in there, he was going to play. So then we went and, um, like, oh, we all walked out together with the arena, and there he was taking the, taking the skate, and we're just like, yeah, man. I saw it so many Sharks games. Yeah, yeah. The sharks sharks. sharks are. Uh... You know, the amazing thing about the Sharks now is like every year they just get there and then they just fucking don't make it. I know. know? And I thought last year was going to be a was not was going to change that. And I predicted better things and it didn't happen. So now I'm back to like, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that again. Right. (laughs) I'm not going to go on the limb and say, no, things are changing. They feel like the A's to me. They get there and then they just don't go all the way. You know, well, the A's, though, the last like 10 years have done it with like smoke and mirrors and like, you know, like the Sharks have high end talent. They do. You know, the Sharks are just choking or lack of leadership or whatever you want to. You know, however you want to say it, but yeah, the A's. I wish the A's would would win one. You a baseball guy too? 
Um, well, I, well, I, I love the Giants. I'm sorry, all my Pittsburgh people, but that's probably the team I root for. Because I, I spent National League for me is what it is. Well, uh, well, you know, I, I well, just because I used to go to so many games at the Stick, and then I went to so many games at Pac Bell because that's when I was really a pro comic. So yeah. uh, the manager of the Punchline always had daytime tickets to Pac Bell. Yeah, you can't beat going to Pac Bell really and watching and watching the game. I mean, if you don't fall in love with baseball, then you never are. That's really like uh, you know, I worked for a company that had Section One Fifteen. You know, four seats, which is right behind home plate. Oh, yeah. And it was so close. At one time, the SF Weekly did a story with a big cover story. It says, does Barry Bonds have any friends? And it was a big story about how nobody liked Barry. And he was like the best player in the game. And I remember this is how close we were. He walked up and it was kind of quiet. And I go, I'm your friend, Barry, that week. And he turned around and like stink eyed me. Fuck you, man. (laughs) He heard it. That's how close I was. But that fucking park, the food, the view, the seats. The the heart and soul too. It really feels like the old school fans are in there. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing, and it's coming and coming from Pittsburgh because I used to when I was a late teenager, I used to help. I used to work for the Pirates, and just and you know, it just being in a city that cared every pitch in June. Right. It's just that, that park. The park's just amazing. I I love the park. And my wife would go. My wife, she 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 likes hockey because I she's from Maine and she likes hockey. And she knows I love the Penguins. That's my life. Uh, and then she'll put up with this. She only puts up with the Steelers a little bit. Yeah. But baseball, she'd go and she'd get a hot dog and some beers and bring the paper. And it was like a day in the Just park for she, her. Yeah. You it know. Really is. Yeah. I, the, I, it's not, like a day down at the bay. You know? Yeah. You're just down at the beach, but you're not no sand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And there's the guys running around playing baseball, and you can enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the, you can't beat that. You can't beat that park. How long you been married? Um, I think eleven years. Wow. Where Where do you guys meet? We met at the Fillmore. At the Fillmore. Yeah. See in a show? No, she was a waitress, and I used to work in the office at the Fillmore. Oh, you did what year? Well, from like, uh, let's see, I worked it, there from like ninety six, ninety seven to like to uh. Well, I don't know when I never worked at the Warfield anymore, but uh, I quit. All working for Bill Graham, punch on anything, just did comedy in like 2001. Wow. So, so Michael but, Bailey. But, 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 but like my first gig, my, my only, like, I only worked like Fillmore Warfield in Punchline for like four or five years. And yeah. then I just went straight. They pay so little, it was easy just to just do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was before Live Nation, all that stuff. So like your perks were just amazing. They were, you, right? You, you could drink. Every night until 8 a.m. and you got to see any concert you ever wanted to and you could eat for free. So that's basically how I live. Like my paycheck just went to my rent. Yeah, I know BGP people uh, that have been there since the 70s. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, like my friend Laura Green- Greenberg still works. Yeah, there. I know Laura yeah, Greenberg. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Michael Bailey. Yeah. And then my other boy, Joe Paganelli, managed the film. Yeah. Because now he lives down here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and- Joe Paganelli was there. I mean, yep. he was definitely there. I mean, like, I was in the... Teal? I was- yeah, Teal's a sweetheart. Yeah, Teal- right? Teal's a sweetheart. I was in the, um, I was in the Dave Rep. Uh, Rick Bates era. There you go. 
Yeah, so Here, here's what's amazing about BGP is I absolutely love Bill Graham. I love everything about the organization. I love the people that work there because they all love rock and roll. And they really champion someone like you or, say, me. If you're coming in, they're like, oh, it's one of our guys. Yeah, like when I played the Warfield a couple months ago, they were just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. you fucking did it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I remember one time they made me a cake. It had race car. I was headlining the Fillmore, and they made a cake with race cars on it. And yeah, shit. yeah. They were like, he's our man. And Greenberg is just a god. That's yeah. probably my one of my biggest treasures is uh, when I opened for Dave Attell, um, I got a um, I got on the Fillmore poster. Yeah, I've got three there. Yeah, and that's that's I mean that's just I you know I, I can die in peace. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> like yeah. I'm on a Fillmore poster. <laughs> Look at this. A guy was just at the Fillmore. You're gonna love this. And every time someone goes there. They always hit me up, you know. Right. Yeah, so, I don't think mine's hanging. I don't think mine's hanging. Or uh, Dave's. I'm, it's not mine. It's right, Dave. right, right. It's Dave's, but um, yours is you. It's funny because you. What you do is you. Uh, they move them around. You can actually ask like where they are, and somebody might, <laughs> uh, somebody might know. Well, you know? you know what? You know what though. In, in in I know things change and everything, but when Live Nation. Oh, that's great, dude. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I remember getting the names on it. It's like Pete Droge. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. And then in my band was uh, uh, my bass player, Joey. But then the drummer from Cheryl Crow, Jimbo. Just then Rami from uh, uh, Wallflowers. And then Mark Ford from the Black Crow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the super group <laughs> with, with, with me that was unknown. Well, is um the um what you know, and not to dig just bag like Live Nation order because they've always treated me great. But when they took over, they changed it where all of a sudden it it used to be like when I worked there, you could just smoke a bowl before work and just go and look at the greatest posters ever, ever, and. And now, you know, no offense, but I don't need to see the, the Thompson twins in somebody. Yeah. I'd rather see, like, Led Zeppelin, Miles Davis, and, like, the B.B. King Orchestra. Yeah. 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 Just, the, just the greatest posters ever. Like, I, I got Bill Burr. One, yeah. one. <laughs> I got him an old Chuck Berry for his birthday. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry, Jesus, for his wedding. Yeah, that was his wedding gift. I got him like a vintage Chuck Berry Fillmore poster. Wow, and, it, and it's like America, like it's like red, white, and blue, and he's doing like the like the Chuck Berry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty sweet. Like I just love those posters. Like, I like if people are listening. It, uh, I'm going to tell you what happens when you play the Fillmore or the Warfield, but mostly the Fillmore. And it's a sold-out event. It has to be sold out. They would make these posters, and they, they're fucking... You've, of course, seen them on eBay. They go for thousands. But they're cardboard, and they're real. And they hand them out to you on the way out when of you the leave. concert. Yeah. You get one. But you can't get one if you leave early, which <laughs> I love. You cannot get one. You have to wait till the last note of the last song, and then you can walk out and get it. Do they still do that? They still do. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I did not. Yeah, I mean, and it's just the most, you know, iconic. Just from from back in the because I I like my my favorite. Like it's weird. I I have three things I love, and they 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 don't. I don't have a problem with any of them. But like I love metal. Yeah. I love the Grateful Dead. 
yeah. and and I love the blues. Yeah. So like having uh, those three things, like yeah. that's pretty much every film or poster is based on. Yeah, you're like, so right. It, it, you know, like either like either like metal or the dead or or blues. You know. Yeah. I mean, like like the one the one the one that's like Led Zeppelin and Buddy Guy. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that iconic yeah. one with like oh I just love. I it. love the Zeppelin one with the um, avocado, and I read the the story on that. So they asked some famous artist, I forget whoever did that one, we want you to do the Zeppelin poster. And he goes, yeah, but I'm not going to do no fucking Ze- Everybody does that damn Hindenburg. Yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and they said, no, no, just do whatever. And so he does the avocado, and it's so fucking cool. Yes. Because you just look at it and go, wow, that is, that's like 60s to me, you know? Yeah. You know what's cool is we still have Fillmore posters in, in our living room. Yeah. That's our art. Like we have, and it's kind of like a... Um, Kind of like a tribute to to black uh, to black bluesmen because we have a hooker, yeah, uh, buddy guy, BB King, yep, and Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, and Dave Chappelle, and then I have mine in the corner, like or mine. I, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a I, I'm on one in there with George Thorogood. No way. And here's the really cool story. In '81, the Tattoo U uh, U tour, they play the Stick Stones. And Thorogood's the opener. It's the first time, uh, like, I see Thorogood, you know? So oh, really? It's Thorogood, Jay Giles, Stones. And then here I am years later opening form, and I'm like, dude, I, I saw you at the Stones, and you just killed. It's- he had a snakeskin jacket, playing that Gibson, just bad to the bone. Is it true that they're the... And this includes Prince and a bunch of other people. That Thurgood's the only band that wasn't booed off the stage in '81. Well, I don't believe that because I didn't see anyone booed. Because Thor, uh, uh, Jay Giles had Freeze Frame had just came out. They were big. Okay, yeah, I, I, mean? I, I don't know. I mean, that's a little a little before my time. There was I, no booing I, when I, I was I, there. I, I just heard that every. I, I, I thought that was like his claim to fame was like he didn't get booed off the Tattoo U tour. Well, I know that he just murdered it every day. But the thing was, he went on at like two in the afternoon. It was half full, you know. Right. Oh, uh, I mean, my George Thurgood story is um. Well, I used to I used to work at the Metropole in uh, in Pittsburgh. Work sec- not even security, just kind of like door guy. And um, and I had two friends of mine who were named <laughs> this guy Hatch and another guy the Cap, the original captain. And uh, these guys and and Thurgood actually drank the Metropole out of liquor. Yeah, his fans drank the Metropole. This is Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh. <laughs> like they're ready. They're yeah. ready for people yeah. drinking. Yeah, they, they, they they've never had no booze or booze run out. Uh, right, where we had to go in Roman's truck and go get more liquor. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. How fucking cool this. Uh, let me just finish. Oh yeah. Because so, so, so my two friends were the only two. The old captain. He was like he's probably like sixty at the time. He fell down the big grand stairs and knocked down like. Four hundred dollars worth of liquor, <laughs> like three waitresses, and I hear like city cops, like, "Hey, they want to see you inside, man. What's the inside? Well, what's the get down there, like, yeah, he, he got to go." <laughs> so of all the degenerates, yeah. the, the two guys, I did, yeah. <laughs> did you see him play at the Oregon? Oh yeah, I've seen him play sex, su- 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 yeah, sex. 
whatever subsequently yeah i've seen him play like maybe 10 times yeah i love i mean i i he's one of the he's one of those cds that you never take out of the car when it's in there yeah he's great he uh we put, i'm sorry I, go over to your story i played now. with him the first i played with him twice so i played with him the first time he was still drinking and uh you know alone I think, yeah, I think alone, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he did, you know. So he played the gig, and he was fantastic, and, and he goes, you know. But the next time he came, a couple of years later, I opened for him again. He quit drinking, and he was wearing like kind of like a Rocky outfit on, a uh, black sweats, black sweatshirt <laughs> on stage. Like he was like, I'm fighting back. Yeah. And he watched our sound check, and he was like, oh, man, you guys are great, man. Give these guys a little extra time. And they're cool guy. And he sat and talked to me for like a half hour. Oh, right he on. Was so cool, man. I go, dude, I saw you with the Stones. It was unbelievable. And, you know, he was just telling me stone stories and shit. It was cool. Oh, that's the best. I, I heard a story that he, uh, I heard I heard a story that uh, someone ran into one of the guys in his band, like, a, in, at the beach. And the guy's like, hey, no problem. And he was it's George Thurgood. And Thurgood signed his bumper. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, they hit cars, you know, and the guy goes, yeah. like, it was George Thurgood. No way. The guy, wow. like, signed, yeah. That's fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah, George is always like, I mean, you know, how you don't get any- not getting cooler than George Thurgood. I mean, like that's the house around blues, man. That's yeah. that's it right there. I used to be heavily into the blues, and then like James Cotton, and uh, I got into like all that kind of blues scene for a while. I was into blues harp, you know, uh, Charlie Musselwhite. Yeah, yeah, I was that's really a- into blues harp. I was getting into that. Playing. Can you play that? I I did for a long time. I haven't played in like ten years. But I could play, uh, I, I would play all day, man, just in my house, just loved it. And now I don't really go blues much anymore. It was just like a full, like, 10-year period in San Fran. I think because you got North Beach, you go see great blues down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was way into it, you know. And then and then I was just like, all right, I'm done with that. Well, yeah, well, the, the scene kind of changed. I mean, I used to, like, Johnny Nitro, man, he yeah. could throw it down. He did, like, the, he would turn uh, the greatest Creedence Clearwater songs into just, like, half-hour blues jams yeah. on, like, the street. Yeah. Like, all the, all the street festivals. I remember passing out on Polk Street, just yeah. la- laying on the fake grass, like passing out. Like people, my roommate coming down, like, "Hey man, you can get out." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like right. D- getting dark outside. <laughs> what was that other guy that played in the city? Um, uh, the preacher boy. I remember him. He was just straight Tom Waits. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> he was exactly like, going to feel that fire." You know, he was good though, man. I mean, he was the he was Tom Waits all the way. Oh yeah. At the time, Tom Waits hadn't toured in like eight years, so you could go get your fix, you know. Oh yeah, I saw him at Biscuits and Blues, the preacher boy, and I brought a I brought a chick a, a chick with me. It was her birthday, so I'm like thinking I'm always out of out of bounds with like extra partying that need that needs to be done. Yeah. So she was like from Indiana, like I show up at like an eight ball, like hey, it's your birthday. She's yeah. like, I don't want any of that. Yeah, you're like, oh damn it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like at Biscuits and Blues in the bathroom, just getting snookered out of my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> end up like we go back to my place i let all these candles and like knock them all over almost like burn down half a knob hill (laughs) (laughs) she broke up with me like the next day she was like an accountant so like i called her like in like i call her like in april hey do you mind doing my tax she like hung up the phone oh fuck yeah (laughs) oh i remember another guy jim campolongo 10 gallon hats yeah that was the guitar wizard you know yeah 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 he played it like the um 
Like Slims and shit and yeah, uh, Paradise Lounge. Par- oh yeah, Paradise Lounge was yeah. a good one. Uh, there was yeah, it was a different. It was a, yeah, it was great living up there, man. Yeah, right. I, I loved it. I smoked some uh, morphine or whatever, uh, you know, at the Blue Lamp. I remember that one. It was a Sunday. I'm gonna try some. Uh, not morphine. It was like something we smoked, and it was just like whoa, you know, it was like heroin, but it wasn't. <laughs> and we would just watch blues in the Blue Lamp. Yeah, Bob Hill, just like ooh. That was the other thing I really liked about working for for uh, BGP was you got I got to see bands I would never like. I saw Morphine at the Warfield. I saw that. I would have never. I would have never seen that. It was amazing. I got the poster from that. It's green. Oh yeah, uh, I remember. I don't think yeah. I have. I don't. I don't know. It, I, like you know, then you're an idiot. Then it's like oh, I'll only keep a couple posters. Like oh, what's this garbage? Like, I got them all in, in the my rain garage. Or, oh, that's not. Yeah, mine were like you know, I'm taking the 38 home or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the end like, Judah. Yeah, it's like it's all bent. Like, yeah, the hell with it, you know. Man, I was such a weirdo. Like, I would bring a cardboard tube. Yeah, you well, know? you had to. Yeah, and I would just stash it, you know, on the side, and then on the way out, just slip it in there, and it'd be mint, and I'd go right away to Geary the next day and have it framed. Oh, they're all in frames. They're all in frames. Whoa, yeah. that's, yeah. My that's... house in San Fran, the walls looked like the Fillmore. I was like, I'm going to fill the whole house with these posters. <laughs> and after a while, I ran out of room. Yeah, you, you were... know. Well, yeah, I mean, there's because I mean that that was the thing. Like we used to work between the Warfield and the Fillmore like every single night for like three months. Yeah, you got a poster every night. Yeah, you know that's yeah. like ninety posters. No, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, you have a great poster. I don't know if you've talked about it before, but the, this uh, this Black Crows thing is just amazing. Yeah, this Black Crows. Uh, okay, so it's who killed that birdie on the windowsill? That and it's. Uh, it was a, and you can see how old it is. Laserdisc. <laughs> it's available now on home video and Laserdisc. And if you haven't seen this film, I'm pretty sure you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, which you can see anything. Um, it's a film basically from the uh, uh, the uh, Southern Harmony tour. It's like a documentary of that. Run. Yeah, and that's kind of like their. I mean, I remember it's funny because here's an old school reference. I kind of like bodyguarded. Uh, my my friend who was a photographer and she wanted to and she was going to go shoot Macaulay the Macaulay Schranker group Schranker group yeah in uh, in the things? in the no in the, this is back in Pittsburgh oh. in the basement of the Syria Mosque the Syria Mosque in Pittsburgh is a little bit smaller than maybe the Wharf but they have some that have basement shows oh really like, I, like the first time I saw Sam Kennison was upstairs at the Syria Mosque amazing amazing but the opening band in the basement that time was the black crows wow and i stood i literally was between me and that poster from the black crows for like the whole hour and a half that's so they'd have a band in the basement and then you'd see the headliner upstairs. no that's where macaulay schranker was playing the basement too oh i got yeah you. it was just you know whatever it'd be like the felt form but i mean yeah. this thing only hold like maybe 300 people i don't, I don't even know if it's, the basement still exists i don't even know if the serial moss still exists but you know the big like 500 pound black dude in the video yeah i stood next to him the whole time <laughs> and we just had a conversation like it was like that mellow not mellow but that intimate of just like Right. Yeah, I'm with these guys. Blah, blah, blah. We're just talking, just talking the so talking the talk. You saw Kennison. Yes, I did. How many times did you see Kennison? Twice. And which eras? Uh the peak, the peak of like he was just famous. 
he was still doing the why don't you give the kid a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that. Sand in the desert. Yeah, like right. the peak. Right. Like the peak. And then I saw and I was at the Syria Mosque. And then I saw him like three years later in a basketball arena in Pittsburgh. Wow. And um it wasn't good at all. Yeah. I actually liked uh uh, Carl LeBeau, his opening act, better. Well, once he got too big, he just became that. Uh, like uh, it was all. It wasn't about the jokes. It was more about the persona, right? The long leather trench coat. Did well, he- yeah, it was just kind of like he just fucked with the security guard in front of him. Oh wow! Like just, but not in a dick dick way. Just it was like okay, I get it. Like you're in Pittsburgh and. You're just bored with your shit, and you're just gonna uh, fuck with the guy. And if it's funny, it's funny. If it's not, these three thousand people fucking paid, and yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. he didn't care. It would be like, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know, whatever. Like if I'm in Modesto and I just feel like fucking around, and if they, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. It was a yeah. whatever. He didn't think that it, it wasn't the gardener. It wasn't you know whatever. Yeah, just to another see. night on the run. Yeah, exactly. And he felt like screwing around. But after seeing. The apex. It was kind of like it was kind of weird too because I brought like a chick and it's like this guy's the greatest guy ever and it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, and he just like he didn't care. Wow, you know what I mean? Like Lebov was better. I gotta say, right? What? Uh, who's your favorite comedian? Like, like what really set you into getting into it? <laughs> I, I, I. Th- well, you know, I grew up. I well, I mean, I love Letterman. Growing up, the original Letterman, like everyone now just does a bad Letterman. Right. Like the original Letterman, like I used to stay up for every night. I love Letterman. I grew up like two two subway stops away from like Dennis Miller. Wow. In Pittsburgh. Like my mom knew his mom. So Dennis Miller, like he were like the Saturday Night Live, Dennis Miller, like long hair. Yeah. Um, but stand up wise, I think, I, I don't know about you, but I think half of us do it because of Eddie Murphy delirious. Right. <laughs> like right. like the red suit, like yeah. that was it. Absolutely, like, that was like every other comedian before that was like he'd be out there in the suit and tie and like try to make Johnny laugh and you know be like doing his jokes and just kind of. And then Eddie, like Eddie, followed the bus boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and yeah. just came out and just like, <laughs> yeah, like, like just you, everyone knew every, his whole like that was that was it. You know, so him. And then, um, I, I, to me, the, Delirious and Chris Rock bring the pain. Yeah, are the two hundreds out of a hundred? Right, like the two hundreds out of a hundred. And then after when I first started like open micing, and then like okay, I want to be a comic. I want to do this. About a couple months in, like Jimmy, the manager of the Punchlines, you got to see David Tell. He's the best. Right. And then I saw David Tell, and then that was really basically it. <laughs> I think that all the comedy club uh, managers who have been at a place, say, five years or longer, they gravitate towards the darkest and the radicalist. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I always love. When you're around comedy all the time, you oh, go, sure. this is the man. Because you see all this stuff, and then you see, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah, he's just, he's a genius. I mean, like, especially, because that was funny, all the Bill Graham people would come, like, it was just building up. Like, they'd come on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. And those are, like, you know, to, to use, like, a Grateful Death or whatever, those are, like, the real nights or whatever. Yeah. When he's doing, like, the third-level punchlines. Yeah. And working <laughs> on his stuff, you yeah. know. And it just, it, it was just amazing. And 
he's always been a great friend and he's a great guy, but he's like the one guy that's to this day you see him it's like god damn he's the best oh every time i see it tell like uh i i love the mystique of him he's not like to me always seems like he just appears oh shit there's a tell over in the corner <laughs> he's got the hat down and next thing you know he's on stage he's murdering and then he's gone yeah, like, yeah. where the fuck did he go i wanted to talk to you know yeah i mean we hung out we used to party a lot when he was when, when he was still partying and we became really good friends uh, but he, he I'm st- he's still great. I mean, he's still, the, I call him the king, and he hates that. But it's still like, I still get a little nervous around him. Yeah. Even though he like ha- he had me open for him, like he's, yeah. he's brought me on the road with him, I, I'm still like kind of nervous. I mean, he's that great to me. Whereas, you know, Bill, like Burr, I think, right, Bill Burr. Uh, <laughs> I think Burr has the belt right now. Like he's yeah. like he's like the heavyweight champ yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never, and this is not saying that Bill isn't fantastic. But I don't get nervous around Bill, right? Well, <laughs> you know, I, maybe, like, maybe I'm better friends with him, but like, you know what I mean, I don't feel right. like, oh my god, like you know, like Burr's, Bill's watching. I better, you know, like yeah, when, they, yeah, yeah. when they tell him, like nervous, like oh my god, he's seen this joke before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks I'm not writing. Yeah, <laughs> like this is the this is the best. You're one. in your mind, <laughs> totally. Well, one time he's like, downstairs, not even seeing you. Right, like like one time, like I, like years ago, I drove to Irvine just to see him, and my thing was because I used to go every night to see him. But and when he sees you, if he really likes you, he forces you on stage. Uh huh. He'll be like, "Oh, you're doing a set," so I would go like late. Yeah. So he wouldn't have a chance. Like, the show's already like the features up, and it's like. So anyway, I'm down and there's like literally like five people going to do guests. Everyone wants a piece of a tell. It tells him, and I'm like, ah, I'm cool, Dave. I'm cool. Because like, no, you're doing a set. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like I did a set, you know, and it, it went great. Uh, and knock on wood, but it went great. His crowd's like impossible to do bad. Knock on wood. And uh, I get off. So we're there like four in the morning, sitting around. And he goes, Hey, I really liked, you know, I really liked the um, uh, the one joke I did. And I go, oh, and I get like an idiot. I go, oh, you, you haven't, you didn't hear that one before. And he oh. goes, right, because I thought he did. I yeah. go, like, oh, he goes, oh, I didn't know it was drive down to Irvine in traffic for two hours and not take your balls out of your mother's purse night. <laughs> <laughs> and my, he just rips yeah, and my buddy, I, I, I came with, he like that was. Uh, it was his favorite moment of like 15 years of hanging out with me. It was just wow. like, that was the funniest thing you ever saw. That's so great. I, I understand that though. Like you get nerd. like, man, I, I remember I was at the, uh, comedy store and I turned around and I was face to face with CK, you know? And I was oh. just like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> he just looked at me like, what? I was like, uh, uh, just thank you, dude. Your your show's amazing. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. I was like, what an idiot. What <laughs> yeah. an idiot. Uh, but, you know, I get around Burr, Marin, or CK, and it's, uh, or even Jim Norton. Yeah, just Norton's like, I just, these guys are like, I mean, I've, I've met giant stars and stuff, but these are guys that absolutely make me fucking laugh bad. Well, I, yeah, I looked, I worked with Louis C.K. way back in the day. Thanks to Jeff Wills, I worked with everybody great, like Wanda, all these fab, just everyone fabulous. Chappelle. Yeah. At Tell. The only, the only guy, the only two people I think I ever got, ever got nervous. Well, one is not even my story, but like, uh, Al said that he did the main room one night and, and Eddie Murphy was there. Oh, Al Magical. Yeah. Yeah. We were I, I just talking about that. I would have, uh, I would have, I would have, I would have, I, I, I might have had a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. L- looking out there and seeing Eddie Murphy, like, I'd be like, well, you know what? I, 
I don't know, man. I think I, I think I'd have a heart. Attack. I really just thinking about doing it, and Eddie Murphy sitting there, I'm like, what? What am I? I'm like doing puppets. Like yeah. what, I'm doing. Like <laughs> what am I doing? Like this guy's a genius. Like yeah. this, this is idiotic. What I'm doing. Well, you, know? you got to think about the age when he was there. What he's 21 or something. You know when he does. Uh, he, he was destroying. Like destroying. I, I, you know, he's a, he's a. I mean, he's he's Eddie Murphy. But the only real time I ever got nervous because someone was there. Even like when I used to. Like try out for big agencies or whatever and stuff yeah. like that was just a couple of years ago. I opened for um oh geez uh the 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 the, the guy that um the poor guy that got hit the that got injured in the Tracy Morgan oh yeah uh and I I love the man please dear God hope he's doing a little better he's such a great such a great guy so the Yankees came to see him wow so I'm I'm backstage at Cobb's hanging out and I look and I see this a bunch of people walk in and I'm like. Oh my God! Is that Jeter? <laughs> like I'm like, is that Jeter? Yeah, like that. And then Mike, you know, remember Mike Bernal, the old manager of Cobbs? He's, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he manages Shoreline. Yeah. Um, he goes, Hey, did you see that fucking Jeter? And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I'm like I, gotta, I gotta go look at my notebook. Yeah. Like Jeter's here. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, it's Damn. funny because sports guys have zero effect on me, even if they're the biggest guy in the world. It doesn't affect. Yeah, Jeter's almost not even a sports guy. He's kind of just like an American hero. Right, but I'm saying to me, it's just like, oh, right. yeah, sports guys. But if I sat next to Jimmy Page or, or walked by him or something, I'd be like, oh, my God, that was fucking well, Jimmy yeah. Page. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Page. I'm talking about like dudes that you never see. Like one time I met Jeff Beck. Oh, uh. you know? I was like, oh, that fucking Jeff Beck. And then a week later, I saw him at the 101 Cafe. I'm like, two times in a week. That's you know? that's hilarious. Yeah, it's my my wife loves it when I when I meet hockey players. Oh yeah, like famous NHL guys because she's like, that's the only time you get like a schoolgirl. <laughs> like even football players, baseball players, no, but hot because I don't not like I could play in the NFL or baseball, but I don't find that like ridiculously so amazing. Right. But guys in the NHL, I find yeah. like that's it's an amazing like. So when I see like someone you know whoever like oh my like oh my I, I get like a schoolgirl like. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's a Kopitar. Like, oh my god, NHL is is outlaw. It is outlaw. <laughs> you think they'll ever um, get rid of fighting? Mm, no, uh, not. They're doing away with goons. Goons. There's only like seven teams that have true goons. And you mean hitmen? Yeah. 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 Well, like the guys that only fight skate like you know four minutes a game. Yeah. Um, they're doing away with that and. They're doing away with the stage fighting of two guys at the face-off come out and look at each other and go, you want to dance? Oh, yeah. And then they fight. But the, hey, you hit my guy from behind in a shitty way, and now we're going to fight, I don't think that's going to go away in my lifetime. If it does, something really radically happened, like someone got killed in a fight. I mean, something I can't foresee. I tell you, man, the first time you go to a hockey game and you see guys fighting, it's so crazy, right? You're <laughs> yeah. like, they, those guys are fighting. <laughs> you know what I mean? No gloves. <laughs> right. Well, that's the old, that's the old, you know, the old standard, you know, like no one ever leaves during a fight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when yeah. they, when they, you know, like in the 70s or whenever someone might have changed the rules, you know, yeah, yeah. it was like when they were trying to get modern updates because that was always the joke. You know, I went, I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> I remember when they uh, made the helmets a rule, 
And oh, but the the old school guys wouldn't have to wear them. It would just be anyone new. Oh yeah, the the best. So as the the years went by, you would see eventually there was like one or two guys left that didn't yeah. wear helmets, and it was so weird to me because if you've ever been hit with a puck before, I never understood how you didn't wear a helmet because man, they kill you. Well, yeah, not even a puck, a stick, the boards, the ice, yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, Craig McTavish was the last man not to don the protection. And um he played like an extra three years longer than like after anybody. And it was literally, I think, just to prove like nah, I'm still the baddest man in town. It was so weird, right? <laughs> you would see a couple guys with no helmets on yeah. and be like, Hey, what's that guy doing down there? He doesn't have a fucking helmet on. <laughs> well, can you imagine that like the goalies until like nineteen seventy didn't really play with helmets or masks? That is fucking crazy that, that's that's legitimately crazy a, a puck coming at you a hundred miles an hour that you can't see really you know you know well yeah what changed that was everyone used to kind of play it, it was more of a like not to get too hockey detailed but it was more like the puck was more on the ground a lot and they had to stand up goalies that would kick it and stuff away yeah. and then bobby the great bobby hall hall brett hall's dad he played around and, and he got his curved stick and that's what would get the puck up in the air. Right. And that's what gets the goalies would be like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when people started wearing masks. Like the puck would all, it was lower back for, you know, until like the, like the 60s. Yeah, it didn't leave the ground. Yeah, not, 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 not very often. So where's your uh, podcast on all things comic? Where is it? Uh, my, my hockey podcast called Puck Off is on the Sideshow Network. That's, and that's I, with my boy Frazier Smith, KLOS. Yes, the, 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 I mean, I think the word legends used a lot, but, yeah. you know, but he is a radio legend. He is. <laughs> like he was the uh, pre uh, Stern, you know, he was like the rock star, uh, you know, DJ yeah. suit and shades. And, you know, what, what was the to- toast of the town? Yeah, he was. He used to hang out with everybody and, 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 and couldn't. I couldn't work with a better guy and more professional guy and, Love a, the guy. and a nicer guy. Love the guy. Right? I mean, there's no. There's no, he's like Santa Claus. He really like, like is. There's nobody better. Hey, kid, how you doing? <laughs> Great stuff up there, kid. I just really like what you're doing. Guys, come on, guys. Yeah, Joe Bartnett, guys. He's the, I love he's, him. He's the best. And then the one I do on All Things Comedy Network is um, the um, insensitivity training with Court McCowan. There you go. Love So that's kind of like the one we get to. You got to come on. Yeah, I will. You got to come on. Shout out to Court. I love Court. He's old school rock, too. Yeah, Court's the man. And yeah. so that's kind of the fun one. I mean, the, I mean, I love Puck Off, but we we talk hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, and, we, and we make it fun, and it's growing and growing, and we have a good time. But in sensitivity trainings, you know, we get, you know, we get everybody, and we just talk like this. What do you talk about? Just uh, this stuff, yeah, just kind of what we want to talk. about. Sometimes we'll be a little, we'll be a little more themed if, yeah, yeah. if we, you know. But I like it better this way. I think Court likes it a little bit more structured. But I don't like structure at all because no. I like to t- take it where it goes organically. You know, I do too. But but that you know, I do too. And I think we're getting better and better. What we did was we said we always had guests for a while, and then one time we just had to run into like we were we were both on the road for a long time. So we did like eight in a week. Yeah. So we did like four just ourselves, and I think we just got used to just doing it ourselves. So now I think we just do it. That's fine. More, more organically. You yeah. know what I mean? Like now, I don't think we have a structure hardly at all because we got used to just talking. Well, uh, what do you got coming up? This show will be out in two weeks. Look out! Me and Paul Verzi uh, are on the are on Bill Burr's 
he put together his favorite openers, and it's the All In Tour. So if you see that, please, in your town, we're going to go even. We did like 18 cities, like 50-some shows this year. Yeah. So next year is going to be even bigger. That's dope. Next year will be even bigger. The maybe maybe, maybe the, you'll be on. Maybe, maybe you should come and do some of these. No, the longer you guys are out means more chance for me to open for Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys keep doing that tour right well, on. We, yeah, well, we, we, yeah, well, you kill it, man. That's why he wants to have you. It, it was love, so great working with you. Oh, that was so fun. That was, that was fun. How great was that? I, I, I shot a cool Instagram video. And I apologize for not being able to take your picture. Oh yeah, don't worry. <laughs> no, don't but worry. I can't. It's I like, got some I'm great the, photos. My you. wife completely yells at me. I don't have any pictures of me and my daughter. It's like yeah. I, I'm not good at pictures. Like <laughs> I never <laughs> think. I figured out the photo is how your vision is at that time. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're probably like four crowns in, so that photo looked perfectly clear to you. Well, I was pretty sober I, that I night. Fuck with you. I, I know, but literally, like I don't. Because you yeah. know, I grew up in the era when n- no one had cameras. Yeah, I, hear I, I, I mean, there's 20 years of my life when there's a picture of me, yeah, which is good. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but now there's, you know, but I was like, oh, because I, I was going, and I, I never go out in the crowd before a show. Yeah, and I was out in the crowd for you. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, like yeah, trying yeah. to take the picture. I'm like, it still looks like shit. Yeah, like I don't know how to, I didn't know how to get the light out of the the shot. I got a great. Instagram vo- uh, video of you bringing up Bill, though, and 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 it really shows the magnitude of how big that crowd was. It was a huge casino theater, uh-huh. and you, you you're like Bill Burr, and the spotlights are are, are combing the crowd. Oh, really? And I show people that all the time. Like, look at this, fuck, Bill is the king. Yeah, yeah look at this, man. He's got the belt. I love that guy, man. He's it's just amazing how he turns out material. That that's what just amazes I just love me. him as a person also. Oh yeah, he's, he's crazy, the, right? He's the greatest dude. He is, man. He's the greatest dude. Thank you, Bill, for being uh so cool to us. Uh Bartnick, thank you, dude, for coming. No, I, I want to thank. I want to thank. I want to thank. Uh, obviously, thank Bill and um, and Dean, dude. You're the man. It's so great to hang out with you. Oh and yeah, can we're I gonna just, be hanging this year. Hey, can I just can I just come and like hang out in, in anytime? <laughs> yeah, come over. Well, you gotta come over one day. And I, I want to get a I want to get a library card for this room. You got. <laughs> right? You gotta. I'll get you a laminate. You just come over whenever I'm on the road. You tell your lady I'm out of here, and you just come over here to the rock. Oh, bed. she. He couldn't wait. She'll drive me herself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there he is right there, Joe Bartnick, guys. Uh, hit him up on Twitter. You got a Twitter? At Joe Bartnick. Yeah, and then uh, go see him live, man. He uh, he is a rocker, like most of the Dell Razors. So support him. Go see him live. Tell your friends about him. And uh, there you go. Candles lit. Joe Bartnick. See ya.